Which wholesome television show host could best carry out an assassination or a hit? A lot of you had answers for us. Tammy says, literally just choosing Steve Irwin because he is my idol. Lisa says, I have this theory that Bob Ross painted where all the bodies are hidden. Diane says, Irwin. David says, Steve can sneak up on the scariest of animals. He can take out a human no problem. Kylie says, my write-in is Barney because he looks all cute and friendly, but he's a whole dinosaur that brainwashes kids into helping him murder their parents so he can eat good. And Kim says, if we turn back the clock far enough to include Cliff Huxtable as a wholesome character, the answer is obvious. The Hux could execute a mark with jello-like precision. And a huge thank you to everybody that answered our question this week. We're going to have another one at the end of this episode, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, the all-serious, very adult podcast. Enjoy! And here we go. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Am I allowed to say welcome back this time, Andy, or is that a problem? Have you heard of the High Elves? <laughs> I'm sorry. We sorry. are the High Elves of sorry. the ASVA pod, the all-serious, very adult podcast. I am Mike Pridgen. I'm Andy Kirkwood. And today we have a very special and wonderful and incredible guest who is oh very well-known to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> and his name is Avery... Hi. Avery White. Here he is. Avery White. Hello, See, hello. Your brain's been farting out so much today. I don't know if that was genuine or not. That was a joke. Okay. <laughs> the best jokes are the ones you have to explain. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the joke there, by the way, for anybody listening, I was going on a rant about how I'm bad for the podcast because I'm not really known. I, I'm not a figure that people are going to want to tune in for specifically. And uh, Mike gave me that that lovely introduction this is that great, I appreciate. This is a great promotion. My target demographic is our respective moms. So I, <laughs> I, I think it's going to work just fine. Hi, Mom. Please, <laughs> if you're listening, please pause this now and walk away. Yeah. This, is, this is going to get weird. Your son's about to say some stuff. This is, this is going to get weird. At least the stuff we're going to do off air isn't going to be, uh, you know, so, broadcast uh, to your mom. I think we'll talk a bit about more later, but uh, you want to give the audience a primer as to, like, what you do? Sure. Um, so right now I'm just in community college. I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. Um, I make movies almost for a living, which is pretty cool. Uh, I do a lot of corporate video, do music videos, all that grown-up stuff to uh, fund my passion projects that's and great. also at the same time keep a roof over my head. So that's, that's great. That's that's the balance I got going for me now. We'll see how long it lasts. And uh, for longtime quote-unquote fans of ours, uh, people <laughs> our might moms. know. Those that, yeah, <laughs> our moms would know that you uh, were on the first episode of our old show. With the first us. few. Yes. First few? Yeah, I, you, you made it to a few mm. of them. I, oh. I think it was three we did. I think you're, I Two think you're right. Yeah. 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 Live um, stream live, our old live show. Yeah. Our, our Facebook streamed <laughs> catastrophe that we tried referring to as a podcast. We did on a whim uh, and then it just continued. Up to 2,000 weekly viewers. It, yeah. We actually started to pick up some traction. In that summer. Um, yeah. yeah in, the, in that time. So. But yeah, right after I dropped out. Right yes, after I yes. gave up. Like, oh, he's gone? <laughs> Get in there. Everybody, quick. What was that, about two years ago now? Yeah, it's uh, March 15th, uh, 2017. It's almost like we're, we're doing a cute little anniversary thing here. <laughs> we are, yeah. It's cute. Except this comes out in, like, May. This comes, yeah, it's like <laughs> May something. No, no, this one will be mid-April. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so this all the stuff we talked about is 
before so we're recording an episode that comes out before the one that we just recorded well now you're ruining the magic oh come on <laughs> look everyone here everyone listening assumes that we record this right before it comes up like day of yeah there are definitely some people who think that. i get a lot of messages that they're like hey i hope you're having fun recording like on you know sunday night <laughs> I, I, do you think people are just used Movie to us doing magic. a live show I, I don't know maybe I don't, it's just used to us doing a live i don't show. think there's any carryover yeah. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. think anybody's my mom here. my mom still thinks that i'm doing a, that there's a video component to our show i'm glad there's not yeah. because i've gained weight since the last time <laughs> so i mean we, i think so mike's the only one mike dropped man it for for those that don't know mike used to be a fat bastard <laughs> and right now he was, he, was, he was never fat he was right overweight. now he he was We'll call him Fluffy. I think he was about where I am now. Yeah. It, it, you're a fat bastard. Thank I was you. 240. I was like 240, 245. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and so a bit more than he, me. It, he just started riding his bike, started dieting, and he is just he's a legend now. I think he literally went to Soylent at some point. I, I My lowest was 165. Yeah. I got down to one, but I didn't want to be there. I wanted to stop at 180. And I wanted to build back up with muscle, but then my you know my heart condition happened. I couldn't yeah. work out anymore. Um, but now I'm like at a healthy weight. I'm like mm-hmm. 185 ish. Cool man. Ish, and I, I I seem to be floating right there. What is it? I have a hundred pounds on you. <laughs> anyway, I think we're gonna launch into our game now. Great. Yes. So Avery, um, as you know. What we do on because I know you're a very avid listener of the All Series. Always. <laughs> You've listened to all. Three episodes, four that have been out by the yeah. time you're on. Mm-hmm. So we're yeah. recording two days after our first episode comes out. <laughs> <laughs> they we recorded all of know. them day one. Yeah, so we like to play they a game know. where we take you and we throw you into a situation where you have to debate um, against mm. our wonderful Andrew Kirkwood here. Yes, I'm gonna destroy you. I don't doubt that. I didn't. I did not do well in our last one. <laughs> at least, strong. at least, make an attempt. And sure. being confident here, I, I want to... I'll destroy you, too. Presidential really debates like Jeb gets up and he's <laughs> going up against, play, like, play, Ted Cruz. Please clap. <laughs> and he just goes, yeah, I can't really do anything. Right. <laughs> Ted's got me on this one. Well, Ted, is, Ted Cruz is like 30,000 cockroaches in a <laughs> flesh suit. Disgusting man. Awful. Terrible. Not Games. As gross as, not as gross as Steve Bannon, though. But enough about politics. Yes. We're going to get into our game now. So Great. the question that we're going to pose to our two debaters today is. Are you just giving room to cut? No, I just forgot what the question is. <laughs> Do you want me to ask myself what the question is? No, I remembered what the question okay. is. Okay. All right, everybody. Why don't you Friends write... and enemies. Why don't you write these down? <laughs> I probably should start writing them you down. You should. All right, here we go to our two contestants. Which? Wholesome television show host would be best fit to carry out a hit or an assassination. Your timer starts as soon as I pull it up because I forgot to pull up the timer. <laughs> Great. No, tradition states that the guest goes Tradition first. states that the guest goes okay. first. I hope you... I don't take the one you're thinking of. I don't think. Your timer has started. <laughs> okay. How long do I have? Go. We, we, sh- we share 10 minutes. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I was thinking about this on my way over here. Yeah. Steve Irwin. Hands Ooh. down. Ooh. I didn't even think of that one. Steve Irwin. Me neither. Okay. For two reasons. One, no one would suspect him. Right. I mean, notice n- neither of you even saw that coming. Yeah. Um, 
but for a lot of these these wholesome TV hosts, there's some, at least to a slight degree, like mythology about them. Some bad juju. Yeah. Like Mr. Rogers, there there's this I don't know if you guys know, there's this whole idea, this whole mythology around him that he used to be a sniper in the yeah. Vietnam War and he the reason why he wore long sleeves is because he had really offensive tattoos. All Which, up it was all disproven. Right. Yeah, debunked, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. That, that's not to say any of this is but true. But these people, they have this mystique that makes you think, well, there has to be something wrong. Right. What are you doing? Right, exactly. And Steve Irwin is the only one who dodged that bullet. Um, so as a result, he would be, you know, he'd be good to go. I mean, uh, recent events would have me say PETA would have something to say about that. But... <laughs> well, see, I mean, that just, that's... That then even ev- further constitutes my point. Because everyone when, goes after PETA. Right. When when they bashed him, the world just attacked <laughs> collectively all at once, like war on peace. Everyone just went at PETA. And uh, so everybody loved this guy. Everybody. Yeah. Undisputed. I loved him. Of course. Yeah, me too. So that that's my first reason. He's he's suspect zero. No, yeah, nobody, nobody. Nobody would ever right. expect you. Reason two. He clearly, clearly has the resources, right? Mm, okay. Um, let's say we want to hit somebody. We put a crocodile in their room <laughs> at night. There's, there's only one way that that can go. I mean, I, I, right? I, I, I would personally go a bit more subtle with like a venomous snake. Well, regardless, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Whatever Steve decides to grab from his arsenal of, yes. of lethal animals. From his deadly menagerie. Right. It'll get the job done. Okay. Bar none. And he knows how to stay alive while handling these animals. Mm-hmm. So I'm then assuming he's going to protect me throughout the course of the assassination that me, him and I are carrying out. Okay. Um, that makes it undisputed. There, there's no way that, that anybody else is going to pose as much of a threat. To any life, as Steve Irwin. Okay. Um, counterpoint. Except it's Try. not. Except it's not. Try. A, except it's, Go it's, ahead. It's not a counterpoint. I thought this much. out. I, I laid all this out on my way over here. There's no way. What about Bob Ross, though? Explain. <laughs> uh, Bob Ross actually was a military man. He was a drill sergeant. Uh, that's why he turned to painting is to get away from all the anger that he had to display as a drill sergeant. So this man has military training. Right. And I, if we're going with this scenario where we have to help in the assassination attempt that our champion is carrying out, Bob Ross could keep my nerves calm. He is a calm, soothing man. Oh, okay. And those painting skills, you, ever, you saw, you know, uh, in Hunger Games when Peter dresses, like, paints himself like a rock? Mm-hmm. That's what Bob Ross can do. <laughs> Bob Ross could paint okay. me. <laughs> Bob Ross could, like, paint me like a tree and I'll be his spotter or something. And, uh,. Then I don't know. I guess Bob Ross just comes out with like uh, like um, paint brushes that have the like their tips are uh, done to a point and the paint's hardened. You ever? Had I, a... I think this is just an excuse for you to get you know, get a once over from a paintbrush to have somebody <laughs> tickle you. Are we are we discovering something about me? <laughs> I think maybe. So I think Bob Ross would be great for the stealth. Mission. See, th- this is awesome in theory. What era of Bob Ross? is is carrying out this assassination um presumably before his death uh, 
I don't know when he died. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Ninety five. Ninety five. Okay. It was ninety five. Let's. Uh, what did he die of? Uh, some kind of cancer. Okay, so then let's say. Um, when did his show start? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> he didn't do his research. I did not. I just uh, thought of it now. It's, it's okay. It. It. I don't think it matters. I. He's just Bob Ross. We know who he is. Okay, so let's say nineteen ninety Bob Ross. Okay. So he's, he, he's, he's he's calm now. He's military, but he's also been painting for a while. Yeah, he's got the temperament, but I think it could come out of him at that, some point. That stoic assassin. He's like, mm. I will end your life, but think of all the happy trees. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. There are no murders. This is Only also happy deaths. This is also part of the. This is also part of the game. We give our guests like a week to mull it over, and who, whichever one of us is debating, has about five seconds. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave Andy his question. I think that, you know what? I'll I'll break the facade for a minute. That was good. That's good. What you? Oh, thank you, on. thank you. Um, but you're wrong. Okay. And um, tell me why. So, Bob Ross. Yes. As Bob Ross, could not kill anybody. Far too tame of his soul. It sounds extremely good in theory, but you're overestimating this guy. Steve Irwin. He he preached the values about loving animal life very specifically he chose to leave out human life from his mantra so clearly this man has has enough distaste towards human life to 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 kill somebody he would often talk about how like disappointed he was in humanity and their treatment of wildlife exactly and yet at the same time nobody pinned him for a murderer that's why he's just it's he's perfect. Are you suggesting that there are murders that Steve Irwin committed that we don't know about? <laughs> I am not saying there aren't any. It's a bombshell. <laughs> we have we have intel here that we didn't have before. <laughs> yeah, a- absolutely. You know what, Bob Bob Ross, it's a good one. I'll give that to you. Thank but you. but Steve Irwin transcends every every other wholesome TV show host when it comes to carrying out brutal assassinations on unsuspecting victims. Counterpoint, Steve Irwin is too recognizable. They're both dead. Too recognizable. (laughs) He's got a point. Steve Irwin is too recognizable. Right. Uh, People are going to take notice when a guy dressed 100% in khakis... (laughs) is going to carry a 500-pound reptile into someone's mansion or apartment or whatever. I think you're underestimating him. I think I'm underestimating him. Yes, absolutely. Have you seen him climb through trees effortlessly? (laughs) The man is... He doesn't climb. He's a shadow when he needs to be. The man is a a wisp in the dark. Um, And you're telling me the massive afro wouldn't stand out in a crowd for Bob Ross. Um, he could paint it white and pretend that it's a cloud. Wow. <laughs> I've, I've clearly, there's a lot of estimating going on here, and clearly I underestimated I've Bob adopted, Ross. I've adopted the no use stance. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think um, uh, if Bob Ross has enough time to prepare himself, he can disguise himself with paints and mm. other and other. Uh, other environmental smearables to <laughs> I don't like that word I've invented environmental smearables that's going to be our commercial yeah let's run our that sponsor ad. actually brought to week. you by Kellogg's it's environmental <laughs> environmental smearables brought to you by Kraft 
mud and moss and all, and and all the all the wonderful smearables you find in nature are they're just nature's. You use the word again. Yes, I did. I'm okay. sticking with it. I have all to commit right. to it. Sure. Bob Ross will find these wonderful natural smearables and disguise himself as a tree while his target is taking a jog. Well, see, you're assuming that the target is going to be anywhere near the woods. Are you suggesting maybe in a crowd this man dress up as a tree and, and amble around until um, he... Has he ever painted a city? I don't I don't think he has. There is urban camouflage. It's There's such a thing. I but think... it is outside of Bob Ross's reach. We've never seen him do it. I think, exactly. I think, I think Bob could... I think Bob Ross could paint his face in such a way that it distracts from his features and makes it look as if... Like an optical illusion. Make it look as if he has someone else's face. Uh, oh I'm wow! Gonna, uh, okay, I'm, okay. I'm going to use my one F word that I get for the show here. You have a budget? Is that all right? I mean, um, we're not budgeting like on the old show. Steve Irwin has a fucking crocodile. I mean, he has several, but how, how do you transport a crocodile discreetly? What are crocodiles? With a crocodile funny? transporter. Okay, okay. Obviously. Clearly, I've been bested by the better man. <laughs> I decided to do a no you. Well. I still think the cobra would be the better one. <laughs> be the better sure, animal. Sure. A venomous or snake, like a, like a spider monkey. Uh, why the monkey? <laughs> just, just it's it, basically this animal is a distraction. The animal is not carrying out the hit. Of course, the animal is just there as a distraction. Okay, so yeah, so um, tar- you're realizing so, this as the timer hits. Wait, so okay, beep, beep, no, beep, but beep. so like Target walks into penthouse. Oh my god, there's a crocodile, and then Steve stabs him. None of this counts. Okay. It's outside of the time. No, but I'm just genuinely curious as to... Was it a distraction? Or in, did in, it... My, in my head, I, I saw it go like this. Crocodile released into the room. Ah! Woman or man, whoever we're killing, jumps up. And then Steve Irwin leaps out of the closet and just strangles. I love that the animal is not even involved in the assassination. They're just there as a distraction. Exactly. No, the animal's there as a distraction. I yeah. completely misinterpreted this whole... His whole I, I, I think whole it, thing. Could, it could go either way. I really. thought that the crocodile was going to be the weapon. It could go either way. Okay. So, so let's so. get some closing statements here. Okay. Avery, let's get your closing statement. Steve Irwin. Bob Ross... <laughs> Andy, let's get your closing statement. Bob Ross is a master of stealth and deception. (laughs) He can kill a man. (laughs) He said that with such a tremble, such genuine (laughs) devotion. Bob Ross can kill a man. I've seen him him done it. This is like the movie where, like, you, you know, you've been just beaten down by society. And you just you get to do this speech in front of your class or whatever in front of like your just this conversation like, is going to reappear in his dreams in like twenty years. Oh my god! Yeah, and then it's just like I I wake up I wake up out of my bed and I'm like I could kill a man. <laughs> and that's Bob's the day that I channeled die. through me. I feel Bob's power coursing through my veins. My hair became three sizes larger <laughs> that day. As soon as Andy gets the thirst for blood, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, I as as the moderator, I guess I have to choose a winner because that's how debates work. Because that's how the debates work. Based on this show, you laugh Listen, every time. I make that joke every because single time. I understand. <laughs> but look, this this is our game. This is the all serious, very adult podcast very debate. Right. Very serious. Yes. Right. So smearables. Our debates have a winner. Yes. And that winner is Avery White. Damn it. And Steve Irwin. Congratulations. (laughs) Me and Steve, we go way back. (laughs) Do you? 
Oh, yeah. Back in assassin school. Oh, he was crazy in college. <laughs> assassin college. He'd bring, like, a blow-up alligator to the frat party. <laughs> it's just a pool toy. He's like, watch me wrestle this thing. And everyone's like, Steve, not again. You popped it last time. He's like, watch, I'm going to do it real good this time. <laughs> he does, like, a keg stand with an exotic <laughs> animal. <laughs> oh, how awful. I'm going to do a keg stand on this termite mound. Oh, look at that. Wow, I'm sure, I can't believe neither of us thought to do any impersonations of these two characters that we're debating about. I don't know how to do a bumper. We're going to have to cancel this whole thing and you guys have to do the debate as the character. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm smiling too wide to do any sort of calm voice for Bob Ross. I'm just, I'm very amused by our conversation today. That's all we're doing here. This whole podcast is just us amusing ourselves. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. There are any... no mistakes. I don't think there's anything wrong. There is wrong. just this podcast. There no. Self-amusement That's what, is not a crime. This is, this is what Bob Ross says when he kills a man. You're a happy accident. And... <laughs> you. You can't you be wordy with your happy. kill words. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you, See, um, that, that's also, I, I didn't mention this, but I feel like Steve would have a great, like, final phrase to say before he carried out the murder. Yeah. Crikey! Okay. That's, that's all he'd do. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, in that sense, he absolutely trumps Bob Ross. Your kill phrase has to be, like, five word stops. Right. Okay, well then Bob Ross, wait, hold on. Then Bob Ross goes up to a guy that he just stabbed in the neck with a paintbrush and whispers in his ear, I'm going to beat the devil out of you. Okay, you know what? Actually, that's good. I just stabbed the devil he out of you. He leans in. I'm going to beat the devil out of you. <laughs> and just... <laughs> that's what he... Anytime he does that in the show, it zooms up to his face, and he has the most devilish smile. <laughs> just watch. Next, There's probably like a cut on YouTube or something. That's how, that, that must be how he worked out all the anger the he had left, like that little bit of anger left yeah. in his body. And he goes and he just... And he looks... And he just like just out of the corner of his eye, and and and, and he and he mouths, "This is you. <laughs> this is you." And now we take a trip to the ad vault, where we visit those who wanted to sponsor us but gave us a bad check. Hey, Andy. Yeah, Mike. Just bought this new product online. It's a um, it's a Bob Ross exclusive. The man who's been who's been dearly departed for twenty something years. I, I I think those two words describe environmental smearables. Tell me more. Environmental smearables are made from a hundred percent new recycled materials. Hey! Oh. oh. Hey! Oh, oh. No. Let me in. I, I think. Okay, hold on. Okay, We're gonna um, let. I don't know who this guy is, but um, are we gonna let him in? Environmental smearables tore my family apart. Uh oh. Oh, um, hi. Hello. I, I guess you're a, a customer. How did you get this address? Environmental smearables killed my mother. Oh. Stole my daughter. I'm sorry. I will find them and I will kill them. Oh, Liam, I didn't even recognize you. I thought he was Batman. Wow. <laughs> May as well. Be. You know why you didn't recognize me, you son of a bitch? All natural environmental smearables put on 300 pounds the first day that I fucking used them. That's aggressive. That is... That's a lot. I'm sorry to hear it. That seems like it pulled mass from some sort of, like, extra-dimensional space. It, yeah. Screw this ad. I hate both of you. You've ruined my life. We're, we're just sponsored by this. He's, He's just left. Are just... we going to be able to stop him? I don't think Is he so. okay? I mean, we can just cut around him. He's crying in the, in the parking lot. Uh... <laughs> One of us go talk to him? Yeah. I, I, um... Oh, he's getting in his car. He's getting in his car. And... 
Well, I mean, he's gone now. I can't do anything about it. And he's wow. <laughs> he drove back to, <laughs> to say that. God, God. And um, I, I think know. he's driving away permanently this time. Like, I think you're lying, son of a. To where he's not coming you're... back at all to wake I up. Hate you on the... He's gonna get us evicted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think your neighbors are gonna be concerned about the man outside screaming all these things. <laughs> Environment. I, I I think environmental smear bills when you don't want to be seen and maybe you need to tack on a few pounds apparently. Yeah, this this is uh, perhaps the worst advertisement we've ever had. And I talked about kids bop. <laughs> Speaking of filming and close-ups and everything, Avery White of Avery White Videos. Yeah. Avery White Productions. That's a thing. Avery. Which one is it? I didn't uh, do my research. <laughs> I go by many names. Um, it used to be White Clover a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, I mean... Um, that one I know. Yeah, my, my the films that I make, I say, are White Sun films. Mm. I got White Sun um, Sun because I think to a degree art is here to distance the individual from the society. And in a sense, Sun is then that overbearing light that, that distances the individual. And uh, White... Um, because that's my last name. Are you worried at all about white supremacist groups picking up the name of your production house? Bad publicity is good publicity. <laughs> okay. That might have been by design. <laughs> Please tell us how you spell son. Wait. Yeah, that, that whole that whole spiel about distancing the individual—that's bullshit. I was. <laughs> Wait until you see his fringe project, Confederate Brother Studios. <laughs> it's on the way. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do a little so, spiel about it. Tell the uh, present tell about Master Race Productions. Why do I imagine Jeff Foxworth? <laughs> or any of us buy? It can be. No. <laughs> Very different answers. <laughs> Okay. Depends on yeah. who's asking. You ask Mike, he says, who's asking? Wow. <laughs> if it's John Mayer, I'm in. Of course. Well, I Hugh mean, Jackman, that's, that's I'm just, in. Uh, that's academic. Everybody goes <laughs> for, for John Mayer. Give me a break. <laughs> he's over here, he's like, everybody, does. that's totally normal, oh, that's right? a stupid question. Everyone goes for John Mayer. Let's not look through my Google history or anything. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, um, what, what what kind of films do you, uh, do you make? I, uh... By the way, I want to disclaim my little rant about distancing. The, that, that was bullshit, yeah. by the way. That was, I can uh, cut everything. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Leave it in. Leave it in, by no, all we means. Did, I, did the whole, I did the whole Nazi thing. Of course, no, no. All, all of this has to I think to that's stay. what Hitler said. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I did the Nazi thing. Come on. Just Hitler things. Uh, They're saying at the Nuremberg trials. Come on. <laughs> ba da ba da ba ba all ever heard of a social experiment? Ba ba da ba 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 da ba 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 did we cut something? <laughs> leave that. Leave that part in about the the distancing the individual. I, I don't want anybody to think I'm I'll, pretentious. I'll figure out how to do okay. it. Okay. Okay. So hurts. we should have a safe word for whenever we want stuff cut. 
It's going to be crikey. It's crikey. <laughs> Crikey's the safe word. I love it. I love it. Podcast, this is going to be the last time you hear the word crikey. Because from here on out, it will always be cut. Assuming Mike doesn't fuck me over. <laughs> So, um, I'm just reliving my... I've moved nowhere since two years ago in the basement. <laughs> I'm just like, I just want a clean show, guys. And then Avery's like, fuck this! And I'm just like, Nazis, am I right? <laughs> it's like... We, we, it's, it's such a spectrum of personality. It's fantastic. <laughs> okay. Um, we have comedians on every week. We can be a little raunchy. Okay, um, what I have going on, uh, what kind of films I make. I primarily do drama, um, just because it's the easiest thing to write. Um, I uh, I got a project going on right now, actually. Here, you know what? I'll do a little pitch. Okay. How about that? Okay. Um, go on, go on. I, I think curiosity, the, the essence of curiosity, is something we lose at some point or another. We get We have it snuffed out of us by something, whatever that something may be. Um, and so I, I wanted to make a film about that in and of itself. So I, I came up with this story about this 10 year old kid. His name is Ichiro and, uh, his parents just moved into this big ass mansion, big castle, like top 1% of the top 1% type deal. And, um, so one day Ichiro's mother bans him from a particular room in the house. He no longer has access to this room. And saying that to a 10-year-old is the most intriguing thing in the world. So the context of this film is, is sort of the, the abridged misadventures of this kid trying to enter this room. He has access to this huge Victorian-era castle that he could do really anything he wants in. But just by the sake that that room has been banned, he wants nothing more than to enter it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the context of the film. Um, outside of that, I am in the middle of writing a project about another kid. I, I write a lot about kids. Crikey, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can leave that in. I think all of our brains just went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can leave that in. Um, I'm writing a film about a kid. Uh, he has a really shitty Christmas. And so he wants to know why Santa Claus discriminates low income households. And he goes on this almost like a, like a Gnostic journey around his neighborhood trying to gather information on why Santa Claus is such a dick. Mm. And um, hilarity ensues. That could so, be, yeah. So, that, I, I have it copyrighted. Okay. Nobody take it. How does, I don't even know how copyright for ideas works. I should probably look into that. Yeah. It, it sounds like you write a lot from the perspective of somebody existing in a world where they thought something was a certain way and then they you know they pursue this they pursue the truth of whatever this is or you know the truth of of this lie that has been built up and then it deconstructs in front of them right i mean i i think to a degree every every film is coming of age um yeah. every film to a degree is recognizing that something wasn't the way that we had anticipated yeah um whether it be from Something really, really sophomoric, like, um, oh, this girl's not into me, and and coming of age that way. Something as elementary as that, all the way to something like understanding the reason why your fractured relationship with your father happened is is due to the neglect that you faced as a child. That because that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, 
so so that that playing with that spectrum in film is absolutely the way to go when it comes to telling stories and building relationships with the people consuming those stories. Yeah. Where does Taken fit into this? I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry to like burst your whole like philosophical bubble, but no. like I immediately thought of coming of age. Okay, what if the character is old? Liam Neeson, Taken. Well, I, okay. he he well, knew what was going on immediately. Right. Yeah, he was a very self-aware character. Um, but there there was growth through the journey. Well, he spent the whole film thinking that his his daughter, who was you know functionally an adult, was a child. Right. And that was his false reality. Is, I'm yeah, this child is a child and not an adult, not someone who can think. I'm going to level themselves. with you guys. It's been like 10 years since I've watched that film. I really can't talk about it intelligently. Yeah, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm just really good at bullshitting. I've never seen Taken. Really? Oh, I love Taken. I've never seen Taken. What? You, you weren't far off. I wasn't. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're I, I figured, I mean, if films follow an academic. There is an academic to films yeah. as avant-garde as people can get sometimes. So well, yeah, but that, that, it was easy to guess. That, to me, reveals a lot about your process, because you have it down to a science, which, you know, normally we talk about comedy here. We've had comedian after comedian here, because, mm-hmm. you know, that's just, that's my wheelhouse. But I wanted to get you on, and you were saying, oh, what am I going to say on here? This is what I wanted. Well, here like, you go. I knew here this is. is, you know, what I was going to get out of you was some kind of creative process. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah, that's we, ultimately what I wanted we, to we play a, We play a fun little game. We Then we say some nonsense, and then we get you to open up. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> basically I think that's part of it, though. I don't think yeah, we'd be yeah, able yeah, to I get think, here if it yeah. wasn't for, like, letting the hilarity out. Oh, yeah, totally. No, of and, co- I mean, everything yeah. that we did preceding this was fantastic conversational lube. It's like... You guys <laughs> lube <laughs> And I appreciate that. I was going to say like a team building exercise, but okay. It, it is we're tearing down lube. the inhibitions. Of course. And we're, you know, we're getting and to another place in the brain where it's like, okay, well, now I've let my guard down. Yes, yeah. Let's talk about where I come from. It's like we, we talked about the weather without talking about the weather, yeah. essentially. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think my process is actually, I mean, I don't want to say like, oh, I'm unique. I'm different. But I think my creative process is extremely unique in the sense I build what I write from the ground up. I do it brick by brick. Um, I, I hear a lot of really, really talented artists. I, I mean, I'm not bashing this method at all. As a matter of fact, I, I think this is the right way to do it. Um, a lot of really talented artists just have ideas come to them. Mm. You know, a lot of a lot of artists say, you know, I don't know what my own films mean. You know, they speak for themselves. Sometimes that just happens. Right, exactly. You know? And I mean, that that's such There's a beautiful aspect of creativity Mm -hmm. just having something come um so i revere that of course but my process always starts with the moral in mind like the 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 ideas that i want people taking and then very very slowly and almost painstakingly i build a story around that um what, what a lot of people do is um they do relief sculpture when it comes to storytelling i'm actually packing the mud on and 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 building something up manually um, and it, it works for me. That's not going to work for everybody. And that's completely fine. But, um, it's, it's what I find helps me engineer that, that method of communication the best. Okay. I actually had, I'm sorry. This is what I took from that. I actually had no idea what relief sculpture meant until you just described it to me. <laughs> oh no. Relief sculpture is it's when like you... you're relieving the block of marble of whatever's not the sculpture. Right, right, right. right. Like okay. you, you take a... 
I, I'm sorry. I'm so far, around. Andy has only ever relieved himself to a sculpture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Kicked I'm, out of I'm every throwing. museum in Philadelphia. <laughs> we all we have our kinks. It's like, man. oh, on to the MoMA, I guess. <laughs> Smithsonian, I'm banned from. Um, yeah, relief is when you start with a, uh, a material and you, you break it down into a product. Okay. I, I start from the ground up. Okay, so, so to like put it into dumb Andy terms, your whole process is like, okay, here's, let's make a story. There's some people. What do these people do? Who are they like? What are they He's like? taking I mean, Legos and putting them together. Okay. Yeah, I mean, really? As, as comedic as that sounds. He's really, got the it's... building blocks and he's just like, you know, he, you're taking influence from all over the place mm-hmm. and you're building your own foundation with it and creating right. something new on top of it. Exactly. Because I, I think to a degree, uh, we have to be conscious of the things that we say. The things that we do, the way that we behave, we we have the responsibility as civilized members of society to at least be cognizant of, of what's going on there. Um, and all film is really is just an extension of communication. We're we're saying things with visual because I, I've always believed that art picks up where words leave off. Hmm. We we can only do so much with language. You ever notice when um. When it absolutely matters the most, when you really want to tell somebody how you feel, words don't exist. Mm. The, the words never come. That's the responsibility, I think, of, of visual art, of literature, of storytelling. It's We're really just communicating at one level higher than English, than, than Latin, any other written language. And uh, so to, to pursue a second language... Is an awesome thing, and in my case, the second language is just the visual medium of, okay. of storytelling. Like we can't articulate our emotions, so we move on to art to basically communicate emotion to emotion. Yeah, to, to a degree. Um, in in my mind, I usually make an attempt at communicating ideas um, because I, I mean I, I don't want to get too avant garde here. I, I think. There is value in in verbal communication. Yeah. There is absolutely stuff that you can get from that, and you shouldn't shouldn't lean on art for for your own personal deficit. But this in, is a in, different area, you know. This yeah. is a different level. It's hitting a different place in our brains than the visual, because there's a part of a visual that can't be transcribed to the emotions. You know, it's, there's something where you just you have to work at the brain rather than the senses. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what you're doing with it, with this. At least you know? making an attempt. But at making it. it, yeah. But that's all that matters is you're making an attempt, and that's the idea that you have going into this, mm-hmm. and and that's what you're taking. That's what you're running with. Of course. And it's a lot of what you're saying here does apply to comedy in the same way because. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, it it applies to any creative endeavor. I think, where you have to decide where am I going with this? How am I going to convey what I'm feeling? Because as soon as you start trying to write something down, it's gone. You can't write anything anymore. Your brain starts to shut everything down. Mm-hmm. And it's almost kind of infuriating Like when you're thinking of something, you're trying to write something for a long time, and then you're just going about your business the next day. And like something just hits you out of nowhere, and it's genius. Yeah. And you're like, well, why can't I? How do I harness that? Mm-hmm. Where does it come from? Right, and, 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 it, and sort of uh, trying to bridge the gap there between yeah. what comes and what you're manually building is what... I'm in the middle of at least. Um, I am very fortunate or unfortunate. I don't know which perspective you want to come at it from, but I'm able. I, I never get writer's block. Actually, uh, that's not something that I have to deal with. Fuck I'm, you. I, I'm not saying it's it's 
a warrant of intelligence. I'm not trying to sound like I'm on a high horse. I just don't run into it. And I think I'm so lucky for it. But, Dude, you're like, oh my God, teach me your ways. I, I don't know how I do it. But it just here's the difference. Happen. Now, there's a, um, there's a book by uh, Scott... Give me one second. Bacula. Scott Bacula. <laughs> Scott Crikey. There's, there's this book by a guy named Scott Dickers. He works... In um, he works at the uh, Second City in Chicago, where he works, you know, in in tangent with them or something. Mm-hmm. And um, he writes a book about how we have two different aspects of our brain. There is the clown, which has you know it has the charisma and has the energy and just continues to write all the time, and you know there, it's just nonstop. Mm-hmm. But it's misguided, you know, you don't know where it is. And then there's the editor, which is you know he's not so creative but he knows how all the words should come together Mm -hmm. and it so you need like an even mix of both of them and there are times where i'll be like oh i can write forever and i'm just writing all the time and then andy's seen my notes i it it is a jumbled (laughs) mess hey question what happens if like your internal clown is pagliacci i don't know um i don't (laughs) don't know what the hell that means uh, it's an opera about a very sad clown. <laughs> I so was really hoping that, that one of you would catch that. A clown that I, produces I'm the, I'm the artsy guy here, and I, I'm upset that I didn't know the <laughs> reference. I should have. But, it, you know, because eventually when you're writing, you do have to go back and check on everything and say, well, here's what I wrote. I'm going to take this one out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take this one out. And there is... It's it's important to work on both sides of them because it's very easy to get caught up in one. I am very often caught up in the editor. Mm-hmm. I will write something and then be constantly conscious of it. I'll be, oh, well, that's terrible. I can't. I can't. And then I take yeah. a word out and then I take another word out and then I replace it. And I say, well, now it's unfixable. Now, When it comes to art, overthinking is the greatest crime that you can commit, yeah. hands down. Mm-hmm. Um, that trumps every other sin when it comes mm-hmm. to trying to make something that matters is mm-hmm. overthinking it. I um I am very much editor dominated versus clown dominated, um, but like I was mentioning earlier, it just works in my favor. I don't I don't understand it. I don't know why it happens, and a part of me is sad that that I don't have this rambunctious clown shoving ideas down my throat. I I, I approach film from a very academic perspective. Um, and and sure, it, it creates some some good product, but I, I do worry sometimes that it lacks humanity. Hmm. You know, I I think, but at the same time, I think that's what you're trying to get down to the core of is humanity. Because w- when you have a, a kid that has been denied something, mm-hmm. they're trying. They have this whole place to explore, yet they want to get into this one place because they know they can't. Yeah, Thanks. like that. That is very. You know, that, that is a very basic human instinct. Yeah. Like, we want what we can't have. It's something we all understand. Let's dive deeper. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, in, in that sense, I think that's what you're getting at is is humanity. It's an attempt at it. It's yeah. an attempt at humanity. Yeah. And that's that's another thing that writers suffer from is being humble. Because that was a great <laughs> idea. It's really well, like I appreciate true. that. It, it, I appreciate that. I, I suffer from it constantly. I can't take a compliment at all. Mm. Mike, you're, it, you're wonderful. Don't, please don't. Mike, Podcast I, I canceled. fondle your balls. Mike. Remember that bisexual question Wait, from earlier? who's been doing it this whole time? <laughs> Andy. Wah, wah. What I would have gotten, no, gotten away with it, too. <laughs> Christ. Ew. 
disgusting. Art um, and shit, man. Yep. Investigating the human condition, dude. I think I think Mike <laughs> Is that the name of this <laughs> I think Art and shit. Investigating and shit. this human yeah. condition, dude. No, Steve Irwin and Art and Shit, I, I think is the, the appropriate thing. You'll you'll come up with something good. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think um I think my clown and my editor are in a constant fist fight. <laughs> Because uh, I come up with ideas and then I let them mull over in my head for like a week or a month or even or twelve years or twelve years and then uh, then I'm specific like, number for I a reason. come up with an idea and then I'm like refining it until I decided it's good enough to write down somewhere. One day you will. <laughs> you know I, I think <laughs> I, the the turmoil between the clown and the editor I, that's supposed to be there. You know, it, it, it's not supposed to be an easy endeavor. It's it's not something that ever just comes. No art, no good art at least, has ever been birthed from anything other than pain to a slight degree. Um, and as a result, I, I, I think we're meant to face turmoil over our creative decisions, over mm. uh, the way that we approach art. And uh, that's just... a beautifully difficult part of the process that we got to face as artists. I think part of the editor's job is being the, the producer, the, um, uh, the, what's it called? The distributor, mm. which, you know, we often, you know, we have this clown and we have the editor. This is not mentioned in the book, which is called how to write funny, by the way. I don't think I mentioned that earlier mm. by Scott um, Bakula, by Scott Bakula, <laughs> slash Dicker, <laughs> Scott Bakula hyphen, Dickers. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Bakula, please join us. Um, anyway, um, I already forgot what I was saying. Yeah, the um, sorry. The distributor <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, is, you know, that's not a thing that is, is in that book, but it's, I think that's important because, you know, the clown and the editor, they're working. They can't really quite decide on what to do. You know, the editor gets everything together, but maybe doesn't want to release it. Right. And I, I think that's where you are. I'm certainly there right now with a, a couple of things. And it, I, I think it's just letting go and the idea that what we create is not perfect. We know that. We spend a lot of time looking at it. And in that time, we notice the imperfections. Mm-hmm. It's like spending a lot of time on a painting. You say, oh, well, there's like a little smudge in the corner. Everyone's going to notice that. So I, I, can't, I can't put this out. Right. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. But like especially with comedy, when you get up on stage, no one knows what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. When you put out a film, no one knows what you're what you're what you wanted to have on the screen. No one knows about that one scene that you wanted to be in there that just never made it. Hopefully. Yeah. If it's, if it's a good film. Yeah. yeah. And then nobody knows about that one chapter that you've, you know, you kind of flubbed up and you decided to not put in there, but then you decide later, Oh, that would have helped with the pacing. Mm. Everyone only knows what was presented and they will take that at face value. There's also something I think is important to remember is nobody just as nobody knows your work better than you do, nobody is ever going to bother to scrutinize your own work as much That's as true. you will. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nobody's nobody else on this planet, not even your editor if you're writing not even like if you're writing a book, not even your editor is going to put in as much time no. scrutinizing it as you will. And we're all stuck in our own heads thinking, what is everybody thinking to me? What is Avery thinking to me right now looking at me with those lustful eyes? You know, never know. But Avery, at the same time, is in his head thinking, "Well, I hope I'm doing all right on this podcast. I hope everything's good." And the answer is, "You're doing great." Oh, and I love it. I appreciate it. And um, see, Mike, he can take a compliment. And Andy's thinking, "I really hope I can get back into the Philadelphia Museum." (laughs) 
Avery White, my dear friend, who runs White Sun Films, the very talented director and writer and man behind everything that happens at White Sun Films. You can follow him on Instagram, at Avery Video. <laughs> it's done. You can follow him at Avery Video on Instagram. He has a bunch of stuff up on YouTube, so follow him there, and soon he'll be in a theater near you. Whether or not his film is on the screen is to be determined. But he'll be there, and you can find him there. You can also find the all-serious, very adult podcast at ASVA Pod on pretty much all social media. You can download us on pretty much all music apps. Speaking of music, our theme music is by Kevin McLeod. And for next week's question, which world leader would win in a mud wrestling pit? Send your answers in to the all-serious, very adult podcast page. We're going to have a post up, or a couple of them probably. Or you can send us a message, whatever works best for you. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week.